Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing today? I have a super special friend slash guest on the show today who's talking about something we've never talked about before, which is two pieces. One of them will be intermittent fasting, which I think is something that everyone should have more knowledge about because, well, I'm going to let Heike tell you about why. And then Pilates, because I can tell you when I've done Pilates in my life, it's made, well, it's just made my body feel better. So listen in, you're going to enjoy today's show. Hey there, Kelly here, and thank you so much for joining us today. I am honored to have you here. If you're looking for tips, habit shifts, and shortcuts to fitness consistency and the freedom that feeling great brings, you're in the right place. As the fitness consistency coach with a touch of adventure, I've been helping smart, busy women embrace fitness and long-term freedom for over 20 years. I am so glad you're here. Hi, Kay. Thank you so much for being here today. How are you doing? Kelly, thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. I'm playing a little bit hooky today. I don't feel like working. So actually, I'm <laughs> ending up talking to all my friends today. <laughs> That's brilliant. Actually, when we're done today, I'm stopping. I just thought, you know what? I don't feel like working today either. So done. <laughs> I know, right? Yes. So tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and wow, why everyone should be listening, because I think this is a super important one. Well, I'm Heike Yates, and I'm originally born in Germany. That's why the funny name. But I've been in the U.S. for over 35 years, and I've been a nutrition, fitness, and mindset coach for almost 35 years as well. Wow. And um, I've been teaching Pilates for around 20 years and then intermittent fasting came into my life about now four years ago. So I just turned 61. And uh, I feel like, Ed, as we get older, we need to change our strategy a little bit. And especially yeah. my crew or my gang of women is our empty nester moms. So anybody that had kids leave the house is by herself and is ready to rock their second half of life, life is my kind of person. Uh, you're in the right place. <laughs> I can tell you we're the same age and our crowd is going to be like the ones who are ready to rock all of this. Yeah. So tell me about, let's start with intermittent fasting. I mean, I've read about it. I do like my idea of what it is, but Tell us why, like, because a lot of times if I say intermittent fasting, somebody is like, oh, no, I'm not fasting. But the truth is, is that it's not really fasting. It's just lowering your window of when you eat. So tell us how it works and why you should do it. The reason I started intermittent fasting was was what pushed me into exploring intermittent fasting more. And that was I am a triathlete. So I run, I bike, I swim a lot. I'm a very active person. And I was training and I was eating right. And I kept gaining weight. That wasn't too bad. I had this through my training cycles before that I gained weight. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, you're in that training cycle. But I also got flabbier. I got fatter. I'm like, I could mm -hmm. pinch an inch or two. And I was like, this 
has to go. This has never happened. <laughs> With my activity level, this right. shouldn't be this way. Shouldn't be there. <laughs> and I know some women have said, you know, I've tried diet after diet and I, nothing's happening. And that's almost like I felt. And I said, well, I'm always really a, a big skeptic of new things, air quote, new things. Right. And like I all the special heard. diets. Yeah. I hadn't heard of intermittent fasting. Like many women that hear intermittent fasting think starving. Right. Not eating. Only eating certain things. Keto diet is often associated with intermittent fasting or not eating for days. Right. And I always said when I started dabbling in intermittent fasting, I said, one thing I don't want to be is feel like I am getting a colonoscopy, <laughs> which means you can't eat all day. Right. right. And not that you have to drink slimy drinks, but <laughs> that that unless I choose to do that, I, this is not how I envision intermittent fasting to be. So as I started dabbling, I kept reading more and learning more about intermittent fasting. And I said, well, let's just try it out and see what happens. And what it is, is just like you said, Kelly, you're, pick, you're choosing between eating windows and not eating or fasting windows. And you choose how long a fast is for you. And it is true. Not every woman should fast. It's all depending on how the body responds, how your hormone levels are reacting, how you're reacting overall to a fast or an extended period of not eating. One of my friends uh, said, you know, I get hangry. And I said, well, how long do you fast? I'm like, I'm trying to push 18 hours. And Whoa. I was like, this is too long for you. This is right. not good. If you feel hangry, then this is too long. And she's like, oh, I don't have to do the, what everybody says, you the nine to right. 18 or whatever they say. And I was like, no. Fasting literally means a period of time that you choose when you don't eat. And it could be you finish your dinner at seven, which is always my classic example. You finish your dinner at seven and you don't have a sneaky snack at nine. So you do whatever you do. And then you eat breakfast at eight. This is a fasting. You already fasted for 12 hours. Right. And was it hard? Probably not. But what it does, and which is, I think, the beauty of, of intermittent fasting is you give your gut a rest. It digests all the food. It breaks down old cells that are no longer useful for your digestion Okay. to help you digest better. And when you think of menopause, Oh my God, how many times have I had bloating and really painful stomach or then a diarrhea or I'm constipated, like many women are constipated because they keep thinking, oh, if I eat every three hours, then, you know, this will happen. If I eat a lot of fiber, this is going to happen, depending on what's going on, of course. And so I found that this was very helpful for my stomach and my overall well-being that I just said, taking a break. I'm going to send my belly on vacation. And the interesting thing during that time too was that I was diagnosed with microscopic colitis, which is a whole different topic. But 
once I was diagnosed with colitis, intermittent fasting was super helpful and supportive of helping me with dealing with what I ended up having, constant diarrhea and a huge extended stomach, painful stomach for most of the time. Wow. Fasting, so intermittent fasting stopped that. Yep. It was, part, it was part of it. I mean, I did get acupuncture as well. I didn't listen to my doctors of giving me Pepto-Bismol <laughs> prescription strength. That was their solution. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, I'm like, really? That's all Excuse you me. <laughs> and so, and what happened was, is the thing was I lost weight but I lost body fat and many of the side effects of menopause and that feeling of bloating and whatever else goes with it started to be much far and few in between. And I'm a big fan too, is that you, that fact that you exercise in a fasted state that you, like I used to do, I have to have glycogen. I have to have my breakfast. I have to have my pre race meal that now I usually work out in a fasted state, which right. means I still have plenty of energy. I am not hungry. If I do long workouts that go over two hours, then I'll eat something before, usually a protein-rich meal. But other than that, I have plenty of energy. And the cool thing is this approach burns body fat, which is creeps up on us as we get older. And we're going like, seriously, come on now, body. Estrogen levels come back to me. <laughs> so, okay. So you started doing this for two reasons. One, you know, the body fat was piling on and just no matter, and I, and I get it, no matter what kind of a trainer or training you're doing, it does happen. And then the other reason was that you had this, this gut stuff going on that just wasn't working. So what was your window that you were working in? Like you would eat in one time a period and, and not eat in one time period. So I started initially just doing the sleep overnight and see how that actually works out and how this works for my lifestyle. So I had still three meals. I had a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I eliminated snacks as an athlete. You are always encouraged to eat every three hours right. because God right. forbid you have no energy. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so I have my three meals. And at first I was a little like, okay, I want my snack. I want... But it's like, I don't need it. I'm not really hungry. I just made it a habit that I eat this way. Yeah. Then I said, well, this is going pretty good. Three meals a day. All right. Okay. Let's make it a little longer. Do I really need to eat breakfast? I don't usually eat breakfast. Let's go, go wait a little bit. And so I said, just said, okay, I'm going to have my lunch earlier. I eat lunch at 11 instead of usually I eat around one, 12 to one. And I simply just extended the window and observed what happened to my body. And I said, oh, we're still good. We still have energy. Oh, we can do all these things. Oh, I'm hungry. And I always, 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 you will find me always with a cup of tea in hand. It's herbal tea, whether it's hot outside or it's cold, because I continue to hydrate. So when I'm hungry, first I drink a little bit of my herbal tea, mm -hmm. see how things go. If I'm really feeling hungry or I know I've exercised, I did a long workout, then I'll go, okay, I eat maybe a Greek yogurt or a hard-boiled egg, or I grab some chicken, whatever I can find, uh, or some nuts, super simple. But I just extended my fasting window and 
One of the things that I find too is when you're saying, you know, talking about diets where you don't eat this and only eat that. And God forbid if you ate that. Didn't happen. But the feeling of eating, wanting to eat cleaner is probably not the right word to use, but healthier. Yeah, it just the choices suddenly change, don't they? Yeah. It's like when you don't eat a bunch of sugar, like if you turn off that sugar increase, then the next day your desire is not for the crap, it's for you know something that is healthier. And healthier. it's the same thing, right? And it's the same thing. I just like, yeah. okay, I don't want this anymore. I'd rather have more. I'm a huge fan of avocado. I have rather have avocado on my toast. Or, you know, whatever it is, it's just you've, you've, I felt that I wanted to eat better. Could it be that I said, oh, I only now have two meals and I want to have the most nutrient dense meals? Could be mm-hmm. two, but I just felt better and it felt better on my body. And the idea of uh, eating French fries, as we were just recently in Amsterdam and I ate those double fried French fries and I was like, I have to at least try them. I know it's not going to feel good <laughs> afterwards, but they're supposed to be the best French fries. So I ate my French fries and I was like, okay, so I don't have a lot of energy, but I did what I didn't miss out. And that's right. another thing I want people to understand is when you're intermittent fasting, you're not missing out on anything like on my travels. I ate what I wanted, but I also thought, okay, what are my goals health-wise, uh, body fat-wise? Where would I, do I want to be? Would I eat those French fries every day? No. No, of course not. No. But it's not, you're not saying never again. I can never again have this or that or whatever. Because as soon as we do that, I mean, that little kid inside of us throws a temper tantrum, right? Yeah. And you go back and feel resentful and hate it. And you're feeling like you're on a diet. And this is not what intermittent fasting is. It is not a diet. You choose your fasting hours. You choose the foods you eat. And you choose what I like. You choose health. Yes. And, and just for everybody listening, Heike does have a really good um, gift for you. And we'll be talking about it at the end, but it is around intermittent fasting. And, and I can tell you, like, there's, there's just so much science behind it that it's not just, it's not just about getting rid of body fat. um, But it also, I I don't think you had any um, joint pain, did you? Because I've heard from a lot of my people who have joint pain that they lower their joint pain once they start doing the intermittent fasting. It could be. And since everybody is so individual, I always yeah. say there is no guarantee that you lose weight. Right. There's no guarantee that this and that is happening. But less inflammation, because you mentioned it earlier, Kelly, less sugar. You will crave less sugary foods mm-hmm. or less processed foods. And that reduces inflammation, not only in the gut, but in the body as well. Right. Yeah. So, okay. You're, you, you're the queen of intermittent fasting, but you also are all about bringing in Pilates. Oh my so God. So tell us why, tell us why you put those two together. Pilates is just awesome. I'm just saying this. <laughs> <laughs> you just should do it. That's the thing. So just why? Do it. And I don't know who I was talking to recently. And she said, oh, I thought Pilates was only done on those expensive contraptions that you see on, on Instagram or wherever your social media is. 
and see people do these really hard, complicated exercises that we can't wrap our head around and saying, well, you know, I'm fit at 60, but yeah, I don't want to do this because I have a little arthritis and my knees kind of are wonky. Pilates is really for everybody at any age. When I came across Pilates almost 20 years ago, I was teaching actually at this point, aside from fitness and being a bodybuilder, I also taught yoga classes. When I came across Pilates, I found it straightforward, simple in its simplicity, very few principles, things that you can do in the beginning. It's a little confusing because you talk about the breath and then the belly navel to spine and all this other stuff that people like, if I have to think of all of this, I don't move. I'm like, it'll get better. Just pick one. Right. But it is, you know, when, when I think of the Pilates elders, as we like to call them, they were or are in their late eighties they're still doing Pilates exercises because Pilates is about breathing. It's about the posture. It's about overall well-being. It's about circulation. It's about a strong core and movement that comes from the core. So if you have a strong core, which is everything but your head and your arms and your legs, so it's your butt ski, your back muscles, your stomach muscles, all of that, your pec, your chest muscles, they work together as a unit to support everything you do. So if you're a walker, if you do it like gardening, your core is supporting all of this and it's no impact. So none whatsoever. It's gentle. It can be done on anybody. And guys, I'll tell you, I've worked with children in Pilates. I have worked with people that have arthritis, osteoarthritis, or other bone-related scoliosis condition. I have worked with people that are amputees, that have missing limbs, or others that are have been born with a birth defect. I work with women that are breast cancer survivors in Pilates. I work with people that were 600 pounds when they started Pilates. Wow. They can do Pilates and it's gentle. And this is something you can learn and take into anything else you do. If you, for instance, like to lift weights, you like, I go to the gym. Why do I need Pilates? Pilates supports your weightlifting because it helps you with, like I said, breathing, posture, better alignment and better form. And you will notice the difference. So uh, here I am, the queen of Pilates. <laughs> so, okay, um, you said something that I'm still like digesting it in my brain. I thought you had to do Pilates on a machine too. Right. So, I have, that's what tell me said. why that doesn't work. <laughs> tell so, me how you do it. The Pilates, there's the, what's called the Pilates mat work. And the Pilates okay. mat work is around 30 exercises that you do on a yoga mat or on the floor, on the carpet, doesn't matter. You don't need a yoga mat to do Pilates. But a space that you is looks like the size of your a yoga mat. That's about the space you need. And do you do all those 30 some exercises on the floor? Don't need anything. You can add, I like to add bands and I like to add the magic circle and maybe a little ball. I'm a huge fan of the stability ball and things like that. But you don't need to, you can do it at home. And as my empty nester crew knows, you're traveling a lot. 
You can mm-hmm. do Pilates in your hotel room with the grandkids running around if you have grandkids. You can do it wherever you are, and it doesn't have to take all day. If you do two or three exercises that you're like, okay, I know how to do those, do those three and start building on those exercises. And it's also the feeling of feeling energized afterwards rather than beaten to the pulp with a high intensity class. I'm just amazing. And, you know, I do Pilates about two times a week. I do strength training. I do all my things for my triathlons, uh, swim, bike, run. And it's a combination and cross training. And I encourage everybody to look into at least giving Pilates a whirl. And it doesn't have to be uh, on the machines. And interesting. When yeah. we look at the machines, Kelly, there Joseph Joseph Pilates initially uh, created nine pieces of equipment. The one that we see most common is the reformer mm-hmm. and the Cadillac, and sometimes we see the chair, which looks like a little chair thing contraption. Don't have to have them. You can do all of this and still do Pilates, and. You don't have to, if you've seen Pilates and you go, whoa, yeah, look at them. They're so flexible. Oh yeah, they're all this and that. You can do it no matter what size, what shape. You do not have to have core strength and you do not have to be flexible to start Pilates because Pilates enhances and gives you all of this. If one exercise builds strength, the next exercise usually focus on stretching the muscles you just worked, still engaging other muscles. Okay. So that, that answered the question I was getting ready to ask, which is, which is basically like if you're weight training and you're training for tries, now your Pilates is not just a strength, but it's also a lengthening mobility, the, you know, all of that stuff. So think of, yeah, think about Uh, The clients I've worked with over the years that have scoliosis, which are the S-curves in the spine, or sometimes you have people that are really hunched over. And so you're thinking of lengthening the spine and the Pilates work, not flattening it out. We're still keeping the natural curvature Mm. of the lower back and the neck. But instead of letting the spine be like this, our work is using the, the resistance with bands or on the machines to bring the spine back into more balance and have the the muscles say, okay, this side really pulls, this side really is relaxing. So we need to bring you back into an equilibrium that that you're equally balanced throughout the body is one of our principles as well. Wow. And you teach this. Yeah. I love it. It's great. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited because now I've got something new to try. And another thing I didn't mention, we talked about core strength right now, or as we're aging and as we're sitting more, especially after the pandemic, we're getting so many people with lower back pain. They're like, I've heard Pilates can help with this. And it does. So if you're suffering from low back pain or you have something going on, it's like your back's achy or you throw your back out frequently. Number one, go see your doctor first and check out what it is. And then I would highly recommend that you look for a Pilates teacher, either online or you work with me or somebody in your neighborhood that you in your in your city that you can uh, go to and they can teach you what it means to create a strong and stable core going forward as we age. Mm. Okay. Last question about it. Does it help with bone strength? 
Yes. Now, because it's somewhat strength training. Yes. It okay. does not, and uh, current research that I've come across, it does not increase bone density in the hips because we're not creating the impact like walking or hiking does. Mm-hmm. But because of the resistance training that you have with the bands or the, the springs, whatever it is you're using, even if you don't use any other tool but but your body and use uh, your own body weight, the uh, bone density strength has shown in your in the spine. Nice. Also very beneficial. So we can't affect the hip with it because we're not creating that impact, but we can affect the strength in the spinal cord up and down the back to improve bone density. If you've lost bone density, nothing will bring back the bone density that you had. But if you are on supplements and all the kinds of things, this is a different topic, but you can slow down the deterioration of the bone through Pilates. Nice. So a last, okay, I keep saying last question. One more question. Balance. Does it help with balance? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Absolutely. Pilates, and when you see Pilates, <clears throat> It is oftentimes done just lying down. You see people usually lying down or on their side, and which is true. But as Pilates has progressed in a more modern fashion, we're now teaching Pilates oftentimes or include standing exercises. And that's not necessarily standing on one leg, but we're using light weights to do standing mm-hmm. Pilates work. Uh, we're incorporating, like from my point of view, also as a fitness coach, I always do, yes, I do a single leg something with a magic circle in the hand. Uh, But the principle of balance are the same that I coach, whether you're lying down, you're lying on your side, or you're standing up. It's an aligned spine, core's engaged, balanced on both feet. And I love to say, wear your crown to stand up tall. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or for those of us who grew up with parents who were like, you know, put the book on your head and <laughs> walk yep, carefully. Yep. Yes. I like the crown. Yeah. It looks a little bit more glamorous. <laughs> it's so much nicer. Like, you know, I always was like that kid with books on my head going, mom, seriously. <laughs> she was a little tough, but she was amazing. So um, we need to wrap up because I know you're a very busy woman and I want to say thank you so much for being here. Tell us a little bit about uh, the gift that you have for the listeners. So if you're interested in intermittent fasting, I got the ultimate intermittent fasting cheat sheet for you, where I go a little bit more into the details of how you, if you're interested, can start intermittent fasting in a non-intimidating way. So it's very simple. It builds one step on top of the other, and it's very easy to digest, but it gives you a little bit more than what I was able to tell you today. And you can get it at heikeyates.com. Awesome. And of course, we will have this in the show notes and a link to that, a link to your website, a link to your Instagram, which is amazing, and all the other things that you're up to. So thank you so much for being here today with us. I really, really appreciate you taking the time out to do this. Oh, thank you, Kelly. And thanks for everybody that's listening. We love you. Ah, We do. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you a little later.